And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. What are you achieving with homework nights? By Sonia Montiel. It's homework night. What? Aren't you excited? Whether you are the parent trying to get your kid to understand algebra before dinner, or you remember being that struggling kid, memories of homework night usually end with dread, fear, and frustration. No one is smiling at the end of the night, and the dinner got cold. I have always been curious about how homework nights became emotionally painful for many families. The student and adult arrived together with good intentions, but something happened, a disconnect between the optimistic beginning and the tearful end. Sure, we can talk about homework policy concerns. We can talk about how and why learning in today's traditional classrooms became linear, sequential, and targeted for a specific kind of learner. We can talk about our society's obsession with being busy and the confusion that busyness equates to worth. Like it's worth something, a badge of honor to have five hours of homework each night. We can talk about the fear that seeps into our parenting styles that lure children to feel obligated to achieve. So we can sleep at night and worry less about our child, who is currently six years old, living an unhappy and failed adult life. We can talk about our biggest cultural mistake in misleading young, brilliant minds to believe that counting the number of trophies, A grades earned, and recognition certificates mean everything when it comes to their identity and worth. But not today. Rather than ruffle our feathers pointing fingers at educational policy, curriculum development, and cultural influences, let's go back to our origin story. The story that can create trust and belonging on a homework night between you and the person looking to you for help. I remember my origin story of being an educator for the first time, aka parent. I was 25 years old when I had my first child, feeling naive, nervous, and insecure. Yet, I felt so driven to have my daughter rely on me, fully trusting that I would protect her. While it was easier to pull off before she turned four years old, I began to notice that trust was something I needed to earn by the time she turned five. Not having 100% control when I found myself negotiating with my growing child, I started to question myself, was I a trustworthy person? As a reaction to my self-doubt, I needed a way to measure that I was doing okay raising this kid. Instead of looking internally for confidence, I was desperately looking out. That's why I totally bought into how society celebrated achievement in all the areas of my daughter's life. Whether it was the first days of school full of photos and daily reports, the first time she received a student of the month certificate that had a McDonald's coupon for a free Sunday. We did go that night. The first time she had an award ceremony, I teared up. The first end of the season for youth soccer where she held her first trophy for participation. With a camera in my head, hand, I documented all the achievements I told her how proud I was of the things that she earned. Instead of looking at her, I looked at the gold seals, shiny hardware and coupons. During those young parenting days, 
I was unaware that I was relying on my daughter's symbols of achievement to validate that I was a good parent. When homework got challenging, she began to ask me for help. It was frustrating. I felt responsible that I was supposed to know while my daughter was feeling less than. The more homework nights we had, the more I felt the disconnection between my daughter and I. I was losing her trust. We were losing our sense of belonging. It was a day when my daughter didn't ask for help, clearly struggling, that I knew I had work to do. I had to recognize that I was raised fixed-mindedly when it came to achievement. Many of us in my generation have been. Whether we got paid for every A grade earned or treated to special outings for every certificate we came home with, we got something tangible for learning well. I remember how good the validation felt too. Being labeled a quote high achieving student unquote meant I was on some mountaintop open to only a few. As a result, I kept chasing symbols of achievement to convince myself that I was an intelligent person. Yikes. As I learned more about where my educational baggage was coming from, I learned to be quieter in my parenting. Silence became an ally. In that space, I guided myself through detaching my experience from my daughters. In that detachment, I learned that my daughter's experiences were completely her own. Interrupting her emotions, taking away her challenges by trying to fix it was simply disrespectful. This is what the DH effect calls companioning, which means walking alongside another person to help guide them through their own experience while letting them know that they are capable of critical thinking and problem solving. Another way to put it, people become the heroes solving their own struggles. The more I practiced, the better I became at companioning. I let go of the expectation that I had to know most of the answers. Instead, I just needed to learn how to offer good open-ended questions. What do you know about the problem? Where else could you learn how to solve the problem beyond your notes? How would you feel if you tried your best tonight but didn't complete your homework? What would your teacher say if you went to her tomorrow and asked for help? There are five decided heart steps to reaching a full cycle of companioning represented by our acronym HEART, H E A R T. The H is to hold space. E to empty yuck. A action step. R review decision. T thankful thoughts. Each step involves some training and lots of practice. It took patience for me to learn and apply the companioning cycle. During that time, the one decision that kept me determined to work through this skill was this. My daughter's identity as a human would no longer be influenced by whether or not her homework was right, perfect, or done. My daughter is now 21 years old, thriving during her third year of college. I also have a 13-year-old, and there are no drama scenes with homework. Instead, evenings are filled with pondering about what the homework wants her to learn. We recognize homework as a tool, not an outcome. In my work as an educational consultant these days, too many young people are continuing to chase the symbols of achievement 
and I use companioning to help them adjust their mindset and quality of learning and living. When you think about it, deep down in the origins of learning, the experience begins with building trust with one another so that the exchange of knowledge happens in the name of curiosity. Each person is contributing without obligation, guilt, and in the case of homework nights, expectations of knowing. Rather, the room is filled with heart, H-E-A-R-T, where learning truly happens. Thank you. Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now.